it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And cream with Rogers and Benning. Welcome back to the show. It's Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube, and we are live from the H and H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. We continue our hour of guests now with Mitch Sherman, Nebraska and college football writer for the Athletic. He joins us via Streamyard. Mitch, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Mitch, I'm I'm pretty pumped, man. I I went from not wanting to stretch you too thin to back to back weeks. So as you know, my day is uh, it's pretty good when it's a Mitch Sherman day. He would say yeah, the day is brighter. Hey, thank you so much, Mitch. And uh, uh, we're we're having some fun this morning. And you know, I guess our first question, or my first question for you, will be a follow up from my previous conversation with Will Bolt. And we, we've been talking about sweat equity this morning and uh, accountability that comes along with that. Because especially within the Nebraska football program, you can't have the type of leadership that Matt Rule and his staff wants without having so-called skin in the game. Because Matt Rule didn't have to be here this year. Mm-hmm. He could be sitting on his couch right now raking in millions of dollars, but he chose to be here and he's had the hard job before and he's at Nebraska because he wants to be at Nebraska but he also knows he's not perfect and that's where the sweat equity comes back into play in a world of highly constructive criticism how important is sweat equity for this team not only just in year one but going forward well, I think there's a huge value there. I thought we were going to talk about Nebraska baseball for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I'll get to that in a second here. <laughs> yeah, any anytime. Uh, college baseball, right up my alley. But yep. but uh, no, I mean, with Matt Rule and and Nebraska football and the Big Ten and you know any program that's going to be successful. I mean, this is, sounds like just an obvious answer. Yeah, you have to put in the work. You've got to have that sweat equity and. You know, it's one thing that we've seen stand out. You, 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 you know, a lot of times when we talk about the success and the good vibes that this staff is having, whether it's in recruiting or when they're out on the road or, um, you know, when they're talking to, uh, to coaches and, and important groups within the state or outside of the state, um, and you say there's, there's a sentiment that comes back from people who might be skeptical that says, okay, you know, let's see what they do on, on Saturdays in the fall you know this is all about winning and losing and, and it is and you'll hear trev albert say the same thing but there's so much more that goes into building a program than just what you do on in saturdays on the fall and, and that's where all, all of that stuff that you're talking about andrew comes in and, and they're seemingly off to the right foot on, on a, in a very good way in that area um through what is now almost three months let me get one more football question now because i do want to get to baseball especially with you uh when this staff, I always talk about authenticity and and like ownership, and they're big into that, right? He'll tell you where he failed. He'll tell you when he got fired. He'll tell you that he either had had job options. I I was joking the other day, Mitch, at the coach's clinic. Coach Satterfield used a clip 
and it wasn't uh, like a highlight. It was where the ball should have gone, right? And he said, I don't even know why I put this clip in here, you know, because you can't keep saying what a player should. Coach Rule says if you say what somebody should or could have done at some point, that means you can't coach. Um, and they say and do those kinds of things. How important do you think it will be for where this program is emotionally with these players to make yourself kind of vulnerable in the moment that you have a plan but haven't always had the right answers? I think it really helps with the transition. You know, ultimately in, in a couple of years, and this is going to happen faster now than we've seen with other transitions because of what you're able to do with the roster and some of the limitations that have been removed about um, initial counters. I mean, we see Nebraska already with up around 40 scholarship newcomers coming in, and, and the number will be higher when you include the walk-ons, and it'll grow probably with the scholarship players after the spring uh, transfer portal period is over. But I think especially with those guys who are new, especially in – I'm sorry, especially with the guys – who are holdovers, especially with the players who are returning, it is important, Damon, to have that kind of vulnerability to show to show them that you don't think you have all the answers, that you have a system, um, that you need buy-in, and that you're willing to meet some of these guys who have been a part of Nebraska football or a part of any program. It could be the guys coming from Georgia or Florida, that, that you're willing to meet them in the middle. I think that's where that um, ability to communicate really well and show that vulnerable side comes in as a plus. Mitch, after reaching the NCAA Regional in 2021, uh, the Nebraska baseball team struggled to make headway and we'll call it, what, year two and a half for Will Bolt because of the COVID year. Uh, beside losing some key players after 2021, why do you think last year was such a step back for this team? Yeah, well, I really can't talk about baseball. Um, uh, not that I cover it as much, but I definitely follow those guys and have followed college baseball, you know, for decades. But, uh, you know, I think from, from my viewpoint, and I wasn't down there on the, the ground level sitting there watching every pitch, but from, from my viewpoint, um, they had injuries on the mound that were big. And then they, the, the, the leaders that that team lost, that team that went to Arkansas and, and just about made it to a super regional and would have been on the doorstep of, of Omaha, which would have been an incredible it was an incredible accomplishment what what Will Bolt and that team did in 2021, um, even not making it past that that round, uh, right. that regional round. But they um, they had leaders in that group that I think we understood as people who watched that team and watched that program. We understood their value. But then in 22, when you saw Nebraska baseball as a program without those guys. Um, recognized that their importance was even bigger than what we knew in 2021. So for him in his, what was his first full go around um, the 2020 season, um, you know, of course got canceled and um, for, for the, the first full go around with the team to be able to build the structure that allowed those guys as leaders in 21 to turn into the group that they did. I mean, that's a great sign. Even when 2022 didn't work the way they wanted, you know that he can do it. You know that he has the ability to find those guys and to empower those players so that they can build something similar. Um, and then when you put pieces around it that I think they're, they're trying to uh, gather right now, 
in in building the program beyond where it was in 21 as far as like being a complete team yeah i mean good things are to come you know i'm excited about nebraska baseball i'm excited about big 10 baseball i have some some you know thoughts and, and I'm, some curiosity i guess about the way that big 10 baseball is going to go after this season when usc and mm-hmm. ucla come into the league i think they can be a huge assets for um, the conference if the conference is willing to put in the energy and the commitment to allow that to happen if it's just run of the mill where all right you go from being 13 teams that play baseball to now 15 teams that play baseball and you're not really going to do anything any different except travel to different places and I think that's a mistake. But if the Big Ten really wants to do it and change some things, it doesn't have to be the same kind of schedule mode that it, that it is for football. In fact, it shouldn't be. It's not the same number of teams. Um, so uh, there's an opportunity there for Big Ten baseball to take a big step here um, in the next two years, and Nebraska can help lead the way. Mitch, what do you think the difference is fundamentally between Coach Bolt and in, in baseball, and maybe some other coaches that have returned to their alma mater, right? We've seen it with, with Coach Williams and, and Nebraska basketball. We've seen it most recently with football. It seems like, and maybe it's – maybe I'm answering my own question when I say maybe it's the lack of, of long-term history, like 2001, 2002 wasn't that long ago. But he seems to be willing – to evolve and change, even though he has a certain level of familiarity with its background and where it's been. Yeah, I just think it comes down to the person individually. Um, you know, there are some carryover traits, I'm sure. I mean, you look at guys, if you want to take this to a football level, and you look at like Pat Fitzgerald and Jim Harbaugh and what they've done and having success at their alma maters. I don't know that there's that much of a common thread. I mean, you talk about Scott Frost and you, and you, and they were all, of course, together in the league at the same time. Um, you know, the common thread is that they understand what it takes to have success at their school. They understand the history well. Um, but I, I think, it, it, you know, you have connections um, to people who, who are historically important to that program. But I don't, I don't know that the, um, the connections and what allows those people to be good coaches goes a whole lot beyond that it's it's about mm. the individual and with will bolt you know he could have played at um he could have played at texas state you know and if he was the same guy who came out of college you know if he had the same kind of guidance um then then i don't think it would matter now that he's back here and trying to build this program where he played you know the one thing about him being a nebraska alum that bodes well for Nebraska is that he, if he has a bunch of success here, you know, he's not going to be as tempted to say, go somewhere else and yeah. go back to his alma mater like Dave Van Horn did at Arkansas. Um, and that's a good thing that's working in Nebraska's favor. You know, we'll see the success happen at Nebraska. You know, he knows firsthand that you can win at a school where it's 20 degrees when you start practice <laughs> at the beginning of the year. But, um, you know, beyond that, I think it's just about him and what makes him a good coach um, more so than you know where he went to school. Mitch, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Mitch. All right, good to talk to you guys. Thanks. That is Mitch Sherman. He is the college football and Nebraska college football writer for The Athletic. Coming up next, Joel Lorenzi.